Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I am Key Reese. And you know what? Today I am choosing positivity because there have been some great celeb stories breaking. I'm in a wonderful mood. It's almost the weekend. How are you going, LB? I didn't get the positivity memo, but... (laughs) That's all right. It's all about balance. You're the yin to my yang, honey. All right. You're the light and I'm the darkness. When I go high, you go low. It's like a hero villain origin story we have going on in this podcast. (laughs) That's a whole other story. A series of voicemails left by Britney Spears on her former manager's phone have resurfaced and we think they'll change the way that you see the pop star. But before we get into that, the other entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So a couple of weeks ago, we covered the story that Sean O'Banion, a production assistant who worked on Charlie's Angels in 2000, set the record straight on Twitter about the years-long rumour that there was an alleged physical altercation on set between actors Bill Murray and Lucy Liu. So a little refresher, basically the production assistant said that Bill Murray was being a huge diva, he was rewriting scripts without being asked, and finally he belittled and then berated Lucy Liu. And while Lucy stuck up for herself, there was no physical altercation in any way. Well, this week, Lucy Liu has finally opened up about the alleged dispute in an episode of the Los Angeles Times podcast called Asian Enough. So the host remarked that a couple of weeks ago, she became somewhat of a feminist icon after the story broke. And Lucy said she wasn't even aware of the story and that she would actually have to take a second to think about what she'd be comfortable saying, believing that some things should stay private. Then she went on to say that She recalls the cast had gathered together on the weekend to rework the flow of a certain scene, but Bill Murray wasn't supposed to be there because he had a family gathering, but he ended up turning up. As we're doing the scene, Bill starts to sort of hurl insults, and I won't get into the specifics, but it kept sort of going on and on, and I started to see, I was like, wait, he seems like he's looking straight at me, (laughs) and I, I couldn't you know, believe that it could be towards me because what do I have to do with anything, you know, majorly important at that time? And I I literally do the, like, look around my shoulder thing. Like, who is he talking to behind me? I say, I'm so sorry. Are you talking to me? (laughs) And clearly he was because then it started to become like a one-on-one communication. If you confront me, I will attack. And that's exactly what happened because it was unjust and it was uncalled for and it was some of the language was inexcusable and unacceptable and I was not going to just sit there and take it. So yes, I stood up for myself and I don't regret it because no matter 
how low on the totem pole you may be or wherever you came from, there's no need to condescend or to put other people down. And I would not stand down. And nor should I have. And nor did I. She also went on to say that decades later, certain crew members that she didn't actually know at the time came up to her on other sets and said that they were there and that they were so grateful that she did stand up for herself in that moment. And with regards to her relationship with Bill Murray now, she said she has nothing against him. She later saw him at an SNL reunion where he came up to her and was perfectly nice to her, but she she really needed to stand up for herself. And it's something that she's really passionate about, no matter kind of what the implications were on her career. The main thing from her was being able to always have her dignity and know that she did what she was meant to at that time. Interestingly, she did comment on the press at that time. She said she was really surprised with what had come out, that she had been called this or that, and it was turned around to be basically made up that the woman in the situation was the difficult one or the bitch, and she just could not believe how it got flipped to imply that she had instigated an environment of conflict or anxiety. And she said even though it has been decades to this day it's something that she continues to remember very vividly and intimately yeah that's so interesting this whole story is a bit wild and I'm sure people are listening to this interview now and thinking like how could you let that rumor and that story circulate around Hollywood for close to 20 years and not do anything about it but if she told the same story at the time it wouldn't have had the same impact like it would have just been brushed off like that's why all these stories are popping out of the woodwork now is because you have to wait for the mood to change in order to share your story I really want everyone to go and listen to this episode of this podcast. Like this series is great anyway. They speak to a bunch of very famous Asian Americans and their definition of cultures and backgrounds and generations. It's really fascinating, but particularly this interview, because I don't think we've given Lucy Liu enough credit for being a fucking inspiration. Like she is so cool. The fact that she didn't even know about the story, like she isn't really on the internet. She's like, got too much stuff to do she also is involved in visual arts and she's she's a mom her baby's name is Rockwell like which is so cute yeah so she's got a lot going on I also hope this story kind of diminishes something that's been happening in the creative industries for such a long time which is eccentric quirky people their bad behavior being excused because everyone's like they're so arty and eccentric and quirky like you know if we want to have the creative side we have to put up with a certain level of bad behavior, which happens in throughout media and filmmaking and any kind of creative industry. I think that's why Bill Murray got away with this behavior because he's got this quirky, lovable, artsy persona. And there's always been this kind of idea that you can't rein those people in. They have to be free. But you're in a workplace. Rein it in, Bill Murray slash everyone else who's ever done that. Well, we'll link this amazing interview in our show notes and go and definitely have a listen. Justice for Lucy Liu. I'm really riding this wave today. (laughs) It seems that J-Lo and Ben Affleck's Benefer 2.0 romance has inspired the confirmation of a new celeb romance that brought many, obviously myself included, can you hear the joy in my voice? So much joy, so much joy. Okay, so Selling Sunset fans, this one is for you. Today, star Chriselle Staus confirmed that she is dating her co-star and boss, Jason Oppenheim, with an IG official post. So a la Jennifer Lopez, the images came towards the end of a carousel of images that Chriselle posted. So she's currently on vacation with the whole Selling Sunset cast in Capri, Italy. If you haven't been stalking their Instagram pages, what have you been doing? Because it's the only holiday that I'm getting right now living through them. So the post featured images of her alongside Mary, Romaine, Brett, and then the final two images 
were of the new happy couple displaying some PDA. So Chriselle was like kissing Jason's forehead. Jason was then kissing the nape of her neck. And then the caption was the J-Lo effect with a little shrug emoji. And if that wasn't enough of a confirmation for you, you betcha Jason's already (laughs) confirmed it to People magazine. He said, Chriselle and I became close friends and it's developed into an amazing relationship. I care about her deeply and we are very happy together. A rep for Chriselle also confirmed saying they are happily together. So the car sent flooded the comments section because you know that they've been keeping this under wraps Mm. and they are finally excited (laughs) as we all are, that it's bloody public. So Amanda said, I love you both. So happy it's out. Ah, we can all just be normal now. It makes me so happy for you both. Brett, so Jason's twin brother, said, love you, Chriselle. Thanks for making my brother happy. Mary, who, like a lot of people question this because Mary has dated Jason for over a year. They actually adopted two dogs, Zelda and Nico. She's now happily married to Romaine. But Everyone always questions this and has this like weird thing that they'll get back together. But she's so far past that. She's loving it. She said, nothing makes me more excited than to see two of my closest friends together and making each other happy. And then Romaine actually wrote, so happy for you guys, joking that finally people will stop with the Jason and Mary reunion talk. (laughs) Jason just commented a simple heart emoji. Oh my God. It was just the news I needed today. It has divided fans. Like some people didn't see this coming. Some people are like, this is super weird I'm like they were always weirdly close and super flirty and it makes sense like it's so convenient he's known for dating like many girls within that office but hopefully this one lasts the reason I'm also super excited about this I think is because she's had a bit of a rough trot she was married to this is us star Justin Hartley from 2017 and then they split in 2019 and she found out via text that he had filed for divorce and then she did date like a Dancing with the Stars person but they broke up in May so looks like this is kind of fresh maybe only a couple of months old the most exciting news that we must finish off with is the fact that season four is returning we don't have a firm date from Netflix but it's expected to premiere later this year and the whole cast are going to be there so Jason Brett Chriselle Mary Amanda Romaine, as well as Christine Quinn, who got married last season and has had a baby since then, Heather, Maya and Davina. So, you know, I'm all over this. If it's any breaking news, I'm your girl. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Well, news today, Britney Spears' former manager, Sam Lutvi, has released a series of old voicemail messages from Britney Spears that show she's been fighting to end her conservatorship for more than a decade. So Sam, who himself is a pretty controversial figure in the Britney Spears story, has leaked the voicemails in the past. So he leaked them many years ago, but he said no one seemed to care and they picked up little media traction at the time. But he is now reposting them on his Instagram account, along with photos of Britney Spears that he claims to have taken 
taken many years ago with her and her young kids. And he said he's reposting them due to the extreme interest in the Free Britney movement. So before we go into this, we should say that Key and I have listened to this audio, but we have had a few difficult discussions pretty much since this whole Britney Spears thing kind of kicked off, but especially around playing these voicemails on the podcast because obviously we know that would get us more numbers and it's a better listener experience but we're really conscious of the fact that these are private voicemails yes they're in the public sphere now and every website has reposted them and is playing them but they've still been leaked without her consent and knowledge as far as we know. So Sam claims to have managed Britney from 2007 to 2008, and previously he was blamed by Britney Spears' family for her 2007 breakdown. And we should all note before going into this that Britney was granted a restraining order against him in 2008, which is the same day that her conservatorship began. So obviously these are really muddy waters, but he has posted these voicemails today claiming they were left on his phone. So in the first video, and there's a picture of Britney holding her oldest son, Sean Preston, which is a never-before-seen image, Britney says, I want out of this conservatorship. The message then continues, I've been blackmailed by visitation with my babies for the conservatorship. I'm confined, restrained, and stripped of my civil rights, and I demand the state of California to review this case because I feel it's illegal. Bye. Then in the second video, which is a picture of her holding both of her sons, so Preston and Jaden James, Brittany can be heard claiming that her father, Jamie Spears, threatened to take her kids away. And so in this voicemail, so she states her name and everything, and then she's speaking very calmly and she says, I'm calling again because I just wanted to make sure that during the process of eliminating the conservatorship that my father has threatened me several times, that, you know, he'll take my children away. I just want to be guaranteed that everything will be fine with the process and that you guys are taking care of everything and that things will stay the same as far as my custodial time. And then in the third video, which also looks to be from 2009, Brittany is heard very calmly requesting new legal counsel to best represent her interests in court and as the conservatorship is taking place, which is really interesting because earlier this month, Brittany finally obtained a new attorney, but these voicemails show that she's been fighting to remove her court-appointed attorney for over 13 years, as long as this has been in place. So with all of these videos, Sam says 13 years later, nothing has changed. Every judge ignored all these calls. So he's saying that he sent all of this information to her legal team, to the court, and even released them to the media at the time, trying to show people a very different side of the Britney Spears that was being portrayed in the media, and it was ignored. And so obviously, while we didn't want to play the audio today because we felt that was a bit of a violation, it can't be ignored that when we've been having all these conversations about Britney Spears, that she sounds so different on these voicemails to how she looked in all those tabloid images at the time. Yeah, and I think that like it's really important to understand just how much power was working against her to create this image that we have been almost brainwashed into thinking is true over the past 13 years. Like we've seen many stars kind of quote unquote behaving badly in public, but they haven't all then been put into a conservatorship that's lasted over a decade. I don't know how, but the other day I went down a rabbit hole of watching like interviews with Britney Spears early in her career, you know, like 
20, 21, 22, and just hearing how smart she was and how much she understood and how reflective she was and just had like this really great kind of perspective in life because she is a smart woman. But because of the images that the media was putting in front of us and the narrative they were creating, then the fact that her team behind the scenes was leveraging that narrative to further their kind of control and power in the situation. It's just wild to really sit down and think now and understand another reminder like this where you can hear her speaking cohesively, the language that she's using, the perspective and the knowledge that she has about her rights and her main concern being, I don't want this to affect the time I spend with my kids. It's just so upsetting to realise how unjust this is to her and the decades that she's lost while we've just been standing by. I mean, we don't have any power to do anything, but at the same time, it just is so tragic. Yeah, exactly. And it was the tone of her voice, which is why we did have to listen to the voice recordings in order to be able to do our jobs properly. But we were saying how, like, she sounds so calm and she sounds so, like, very across and she's giving instructions of, like, this needs to be done for the courts and this is what they're saying. I need to make sure that this isn't happening. And at the same time, if you put that voicemail next to the paparazzi tabloid images that were circulating her at the time where, you know, you saw her being erratic and shaving her head and running through the streets and being really garbled and everything in front of the cameras. It's just such a different person behind the scenes. And the fact also that they were the release at the time, like I'm sure I would have come across these voicemails when they were released. I'm sure because a few places did kind of give them a little bit of airtime just because anything Britney at the time was a money-making exercise for them. But I'm sure my eyes just glazed over them as well, like everyone else did. And it's only now that he's reshared them under a new light and given an interview for page six who was kind of talking to him about why he put them up that they've gained this level of traction but like everything else in the Britney Spears story you also can't trust this person because he obviously had some shady dealings with her behind the scenes like there was probably a reason that her family wanted him removed there's probably a reason that a court order was taken out against him why Britney Spears no longer speaks to him like even though he's trying to paint himself as this like warrior for Britney's freedom, he's also entangled in that circle of people around her who are using her to kind of further their own careers. Yeah, and another thing that's been happening in the last week that kind of plays into this a little bit is Brittany posted like a couple of images of her where she's topless and she's like holding her boob. She's in like some little denim shorts. And I think like comments by celebs or one of those gossipy celebby kind of Instagram accounts reshared one of the comments under it. And it was like, sis, like put some clothes on. We're trying to get you free. And then it made me think of that one comment that she said in a recent deposition. She referenced the fact that pop stars coming up now like they get away with everything you know Miley on stage half naked twerking smoking a joint and there's no repercussions but everything for her that she wanted to do there was always a repercussion for it and it's almost like now like any woman now has the right and has always had the right to express themselves sexually whether that's fully clothed like me and turtlenecks that I love or whether it's in a little itty bitty bikini that they feel super confident in and it really angers me to think that you know something she posts on Instagram can then be held against her that somehow means that she has to be controlled and it's just like it's all these narratives are like pushing and pulling against each other and it's like she has to be perfect in order to gain her freedom and back then she had no hope 
Like she has hope now, but back then you can just see how she had absolutely no hope in the matter, even though behind closed doors she's perfectly sane and very together. Yeah, exactly. And it's wild to think now that all these people who are like campaigning for her freedom, who want her to be able to live life as she pleases, are also the same fans who were wagging their fingers at her like she's a naughty school kid behaving badly. And they're like, if you don't keep your clothes on, you don't get out of this conservatorship. If you don't stop dancing sexy, you won't have your freedom. You won't be able to see your children. Like it's wild how infantilized she still is. But anyway, hopefully kind of being across this story, which is why we chose to speak about it today even though we were quite conflicted about the source, is just to kind of keep painting that fuller picture of what's been happening around this woman whose life has been in the public eye so much. And while we won't link to Sam Lutfi's Instagram account, we will link to the Page Six interview that was conducted with him if you want to get a bit more background on this story. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And while you're listening, please follow us, leave us a review, let us know what you love about the show. As we say, we read them all. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, and Madeline Joanno with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.